We are looking at Psalm 1 this week um, to see what we can learn about God and what we can learn about ourselves. I've, ne- I've mentioned numerous times that we don't just read the Bible. We set ourselves in front of the Bible so it can read us and we can understand ourselves better. So here is the first part of Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So, whose delight is in the law of the Lord? This this statement, we looked at the first part of it uh, yesterday. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Um, So, we're now looking at those whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So I think one of the surprising things to note here is that this is, uh, this is not suggesting that we make wise decisions by being smart. This psalm is suggesting that we make wise decisions by loving the right things. We often act like the smartest person is going to make the best decision. <laughs> That's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of smart people, like intellectually smart, high IQ, who uh, make really bad decisions because they love the wrong things. So Psalm 1 is recognizing that we've got to get our heart right. We've got to order our loves and that that is going to guide and shape how we make decisions, which is going to shape our character, which is in turn going to shape our destiny. It's the heart as much as it's the head uh, that is going to guide us rightly through the world. Uh, So, Whose delight is in the law of the Lord? Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So the first time I heard that I was supposed to meditate was back uh, probably before some of you who are listening to this were born. Um, it, was in the, uh, it was in the mid-80s. And I remember it because I, was, I bought a book called Christian Meditation. And I was a a little bit shocked because I had not heard about meditation. Been a Christian for uh, four or five years, and I had never heard about meditation. To me, meditation is what was done by, you know, by Buddhists or Hindus or, or sort of those that had more of an Eastern bent on the world. And so I was a little scandalized that I was going to be. Uh, I'm at seminary. This is a seminary class, and that this is sort of a side book that the professor wants us to work not just on what we're learning in class, it was a Greek class, but what we're sort of how we're seeing our heart changed. And um, so then I I read this book on Christian meditation, and then I'm scandalized for a different reason, and that's because it had never occurred to me that I was supposed to meditate. And as soon as it got pointed out, I realized, oh, the Bible is calling on me to meditate all the time. Now, there is a difference, and this is a little bit a little bit of a false dichotomy, but I think it's a helpful way to, t- to think about this. For the most part, Eastern meditation is about emptying our mind, right? Not thinking about anything, which is a good thing. I, I try to start my day with some quiet. Uh, I, I say I want the popcorn popper to, to stop popping, right? I want there to be, it's not, it's not prayer. I'm not even trying to to meditate in the way that I tend to think about meditation, the Christian meditation of taking some aspect about God or a passage of scripture and to going deep into it. 
I'm just trying to, to not think about anything and to give my, again, all the ideas to sort of settle, things to slow down and, and to just be still so that I can hear the voice of God and, and things that are important will bubble up and I, I can write them down and move on. So Eastern meditation is a little bit more emptying your mind. Christian meditation is a little bit more about taking an aspect of God, a truth from Scripture, uh, something, some more profound thought, and focusing our attentions on that. It's worth noting that it's, it can be hard. We tend to be, perhaps you've heard, um, not very dense today. Uh, density, uh, personal density used to be sort of a put down to be told that you were dense now we have people who are so, uh, so many people today that are so flippantly shallow <laughs> that, that there's this new way that we're coming around to the idea that density is a good thing. We want to be people who have depth, uh, some gravitas. And, and so um, that requires us to do some things that are difficult. One is going to be uh, to calm our hearts and to meditate on some aspect of God's character. Uh, we need to understand that, uh, that generally we, we grow deeper, we gain density by doing hard things, uh, by suffering in some way, whether that's intentional suffering, like I'm going to discipline my body, or I'm going to fast, or I'm going to do something, some act of service that's going to be particularly hard. I'm going to discipline myself. So the suffering comes from things that are self-imposed or the suffering comes from, from circumstances in this broken world that God allows to happen to us. Uh, but, but what we need to understand is that simply casually reading the Bible is not driving that, those truths deep into our heart that where, they, where the Word of God and the Spirit of God can shape our character. So meditation is a good thing, and I want to encourage you uh, to meditate on the Word of God, the aspects, qualities of God, today to gain density as a way of um, gaining stability and, and being that non-anxious presence that is trusting in God. Psalm 1, read it today and have a good day.